Hi everyone, welcome to The Diagram. It's your friendly neighborhood relationship coach, Jason. Today we are talking about mindset shifts and working towards improving your future. So I'm just gonna highlight a few mindset shifts that I try to get my clients to make and give you an example of how shifting your focus or how you think about things can help. So number one, a lot of the time the people that come to me even if they are couples, I will initially get one of the people in the relationship coming to me who is, I would say, a giver. A quick primer on what a giver, a taker, and a matcher is. A lot of us have a tendency in our lives, in our personality makeup, to be what people would consider givers. A giver is somebody who always wants to give. So for example, if you go out with a giver, they want to pay the bill, they don't really want to be treated, they want to plan other people's birthdays, they want to be the people who are constantly pouring into other people. There are also what's considered to be takers. Takers are the opposite. They are people who are always looking for what's in it for me, how am I going to benefit for this. When they go out, they really expect somebody to treat them that is the quintessential taker, and they don't actually feel funny being treated. They just feel great, and they think it's amazing to be treated. There's nothing wrong with this. It's just a way that a mind works. Then there are matchers. If you have a friend who's a matcher, they will let you take them out for their birthday, but in their mind, it's because they're going to take you out for your birthday. They will let you pay for dinner, but more than likely they want to pay back that dinner very soon. And frankly, some of my friends or family who are extreme matchers will not go to something without contributing. They will not come to your house without bringing food or a drink. They will not go out to dinner without sending you some money to contribute to it, with very few exceptions. Overwhelmingly, most of the time that they do something, they want to make sure that everything is even and fair. This is not a perfect system and you might be givers with some people and takers with other people, but for the point of this conversation, typically the people that come to me wanting to work on their relationship with their partner or wanting to work on their relationship or help their child, they are givers. They really want to take care of this other person in their life who won't even show up to the meeting or session that we're having so the giver is typically looking for, well, what can I do so that I can give them more? And the result will be that they will realize at some point and naturally um, wake up to the fact of how great the giver is. And here's the thing. One of the things that I work on with givers is that they have to start giving to themselves. A person who is a giver can actually, when there is no reciprocation, get very tired and bitter because they are getting burnt out giving, sometimes even to their workplaces, they're getting burnt out giving to their children, to their pets, to their partners. They are so much giving and in relationships with people who are all very comfortable receiving and don't have the mindset of taking that they just get burned out because no one's pouring into them. The thing is, you can't control other people, so givers have to learn to give to themselves. And one of the things I say to my clients is, I want you to get into a place where you start thinking of your 
resources, money, time, energy, intellect. And I want you at least just for the start to think about how much time and effort you spend on other people and just start spending 10% of that on yourself. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I want you to take a journal for a week of all the things you do for other people. And then I want you to add up all the time, add up all the money and the effort and say to yourself, why can't I budget 10% of this on myself? Yes, you should have conversations with those people about your needs, but there needs to be a mindset shift that you can only control you feeding you. You can talk to others about your needs all you want. They may not be able or willing in any short time sense to shift towards giving to your needs. And sometimes people who are takers, not so much matchers, people who are takers, there's a degree where until they have disciplined themselves enough that they need hand-holding to give to you. In the meantime, you are starving, you are um, getting dehydrated as far as what your needs are. You have to learn to take care of your needs. So follow up all of these at another time and more of how to do this for yourself. Number two, learning to trust trustworthy people. Now, for a lot of us, life or specifically family or friends have taught us that we shouldn't trust people. We've had poor friendships as children. We've had poor family relations as children. And frankly, society may be even oppressive to us. And the issue with that is it teaches us to not, which is a survival mechanism. We learn to not be trusting and therefore we start shrinking and shrinking and shrinking the amount of people that we will trust. I understand this, but as we move through life, we need to start gathering the people that are trustworthy, maybe not with everything, but trustworthy with some things and actually trusting them with it. It's a discipline and a practice, which means I'm not saying you need to go to work and trust your coworkers as if they are your best friend, but it is healthy for you to trust your coworker with little things that are relevant to your job, to trust people that you meet socially with little things that are relevant to your life because it builds you up and it helps you to rebuild that part of you that's inside still that feels like no one is trustworthy. It's not true. There are trustworthy people you have to learn to decide what parts you want to give to people, what parts you want to trust them with. And it's a practice. You will get better over time. Number three, which I've spoken about before, is the investing mindset. An investing mindset is imagining a positive future for yourself and doing a little bit regularly to create that future. We need to shift into the investing mindset where we're going to do the things that are trust the result over time. This counts for investing money. This counts for investing time, as I said before, in yourself or in other people. This counts for many different things. What we're replacing when we're building the investing mindset is what I call the lottery mindset or the whatever mindset. A lottery mindset says, I'm going to do a little bit, not really that much. I'm not going to think about where I'm putting my resources. I'm just going to spread my resources on things that have a very low chance of paying off. But if they do, I'm going to be overwhelmed with abundance. This can happen with the literal lottery tickets. 
This can happen with get-rich-quick schemes. This can happen with working at a job where it's like, hey, if I could just get a job at this company, it would be amazing, which isn't just about money. This can happen with, if I could just get someone who fits these criteria as a partner, everything in my life would be amazing. This is the lottery mindset where you're looking towards one thing to fix everything while you just regularly do something repeatedly, typically the same thing, hoping for a different result. The whatever mindset to me is even worse where you just are going through the motions and as far as you're concerned, nothing you do has anything to do with how things are going to go in the future. So you just figure on a day-to-day basis, you're just tripping through life and either good things or bad things are going to happen and has nothing to do with you. Both of these mindsets are not healthy and don't help us through life. It is much better to have a mindset to say, these are my goals and I'm going to work towards them, understanding that some things are out of my control, but either I'm going to learn from the process of doing the things of working towards my goal, or my goal is actually going to happen over time if I keep working on it. That's the investing mindset. Number four, we have to get out of mind reading. Mind reading is the process of believing that we know what other people think without being curious and patient. Curiosity means actually listening to people and asking instead of assuming they know what they're thinking. And patience means actually listening to them instead of filling in their opinion for them or just waiting for them to speak. Waiting for somebody to finish speaking so you point that you're running in your head is not patience. It is you being manipulative because you just think you your point is more important than whatever they're saying. So you end up doing sort of a hamster wheel of making the same point over and over again. And you get into what is called gridlock in relationship because now we're only talking about your point over and over again. And you start saying your point more slowly to the other person as if they're a child. And I guarantee you, they will get frustrated because they're not stupid, they heard you, they just disagree. And the reason that they keep having the conversation with you is because they feel like you haven't heard them yet. So we need to stop mind reading and actually be curious and be patient enough to listen to each other as far as what we're trying to say. And the last mindset that I really want people to shift into is about asking for consent And the flip side of that is giving reasonable boundaries. Why do those things go together? Asking for consent means that you don't assume that what you want is what other people want or that what you think is cool, other people think is cool. And setting boundaries is the response to that. So in a healthy relationship, when someone asks for consent, you should respond with reasonable boundaries. You should respond to them and let them know what you actually consent to. So if somebody says, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? Seems like a simple question, like a yes, no question. Sure, in juvenile sense, it's a yes, no question. Sure. You haven't really answered the question if you have boundaries as far as what dinner is going to be. Stated differently. Hey, do you want to go out to dinner? Sure. You can now be curious and say something like, What did you have in mind? You haven't set any boundaries, right? And you're putting the other person in the position of going, having a back and forth with you about what you want to do. I'm using dinner because it's actually simpler than a lot of the things we need to 
as consent for. Or when a person says, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? You can say, sure, I'm trying to eat healthy and my budget right now, I could only really afford to go somewhere. That's something like $20 a plate. Um, don't worry about the alcohol because I'm not, uh, as I'm trying to be healthy, I'm actually not drinking alcohol today. So what did you have in mind? So you've given them a little more information to go on, right? Their response may very well be like, oh, I was really looking forward to going to this really expensive French restaurant. But they now understand that either if they're going with you to dinner that they have to pay because you only have 20 bucks and you can't afford expensive French food for 20 bucks, or they're going to switch where they want to go because they understand what your boundaries are. So those are the top five mindset shifts I try to work on with my clients. I will get into each of them more at a later date, but at a high level, you can start working on these with the information you have. I hope this helps and you have a good day.